Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. If you could please turn with me to Luke, chapter 2. We pick up our story in verse 21. Luke, chapter 2, verse 21. The title of our message this morning is Desire Fulfilled. I'm just wondering, you know, how many of you here, and you don't have to raise your hand, I'm just asking a question uh, for yourself, but, you know, how many of you have had a a desire placed on your heart by the Lord, and then you've waited, and you've waited, and you waited, and you waited, and you waited, and finally it came to pass? Isn't that an awesome thing when that happens, when that desire finally comes to pass? It's just a, it's a good thing. It's a blessing. But, you know, there's times when we have desires that the Lord will put on our heart. And sometimes it takes, you know, weeks, months, years, decades. And there's some desires that possibly we won't even see until we enter into eternity. But it's God that places desires in our hearts. And it's God that fulfills those desires. But discerning the difference of if this is God or if this is a man or if this is the flesh or if this is a, maybe you had some bad pizza the night before. You know, it's, it's good to know the will of God. It was so awesome. I did a graveside yesterday, a few of us. You know, we went to do a graveside for someone that's real precious to us. And, and uh, it was just a blessing to be a part of their lives, to be a part of that uh, Graveside, But when we were done, we came here, we dropped Steve Acosta off, our worship leader here at the church, and we were pulling out of the church. And as we were pulling out of the church, you know how they have the, they have the marketplace thing going on on Saturday, you know, afternoons and stuff. So that was going on. And typically they have someone there playing a guitar and singing and they have a, you know, it's amplified music. So everyone in the parking lot can hear. Well, I couldn't believe my ears. We're, we're pulling out of the parking lot and it's Christian music. A girl was singing, uh, be still and know that I am God. And I'm like, honey, are you listening to this? And she's like, yeah. I said, this is our parking lot. This is the church's parking lot. It's amplified music. The Lord's songs are going out. And we're just like, we need to talk to this young lady. So it's so awesome. We went up and introduced ourselves to this lady. She's a total, you know, radical Christian. She loves the Lord. And she's there just to be used by the Lord. And so, you know, so awesome, you know, this is how the Lord connected us. And it was just a, a great connection. And she says, oh, you won't believe this. Just recently, not too long ago, I went to an Amy Grant concert. And she's like all excited. She says, you know, I grew up on Amy Grant songs. And, you know, she's just, I just love her music, blah, blah, blah. She said, I went to her concert. She goes, look at this. And she pulls up her web page. And she says, look, she goes, she called me up on stage and we sang a song together. And she was just so excited to tell us that. And I says, yeah, Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And she says, you won't believe this. I got to show you something else. She goes, look on the webpage. That's the scripture I used. (laughs) 
It's so awesome when those things come to pass. In our story, we're going to see a man named Simeon where his desire came to pass. But there's sometimes a waiting period when God places desires upon our hearts and we need to wait on the Lord. And it's not fun sometimes. It's not easy sometimes. But I know when I'm waiting on those things that the Lord has, it's a, it's a time of strengthening. It's a time of building up. It's a time of tearing down things that should be torn down. And so there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. And we see in this wonderful story, again, a desire fulfilled. So let's take a look at this wonderful story. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And it says, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Obviously, we're looking at the story of Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem as we looked at last week. And now eight days later, he's being circumcised. And at the time of circumcision, uh, the name was to be given. And obviously, the angel said that his name will be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Jesus means the Lord is salvation. But there was a purification time for Mary. In Leviticus chapter 12, you don't need to turn there, but there, there's a time of purification. After a woman was to have a child, there was a period of, of 40 days, if it was a male child, that she was considered unclean because of the blood and everything that, that goes on with it. So there was a 40-day period. So this is talking about 40 days later. And she wasn't allowed to go in the temple for 40 days. She wasn't allowed to touch anything holy for 40 days. It was just in their law. Interesting, you know, just a little side note, if you take notes, if it was a, a female baby, it was 80 days. I'm just saying, I don't understand the whole thing, but it was 80 days. It's true. Leviticus chapter 12. But according to the law, listen to this now. I wanted to you know, make this point before we move on to our topic in, in the rest of this. But, but it, according to the law, she was to bring a lamb and also two pigeons or two turtle doves to be clean a burn offering and a sin offering, that she would be made spiritually clean, that she would be made physically clean. It was just a ceremonial type of a thing that was done. But check it out. The, if they were poor, there was a provision in the law, if, if they were poor, that they could just bring the two turtle doves or the, or the two pigeons. And there was a provision just in case they weren't able to afford it. And this family was not able to afford it. So there was just two birds brought. And I want to point that out because you have some, you know, prosperity teachers that tell you if you're not prospering, if you're not wealthy, then there's something lacking in your spiritual life. Well, I don't believe that. That's not what the scriptures teach us. This couple was poor financially, but they were very rich spiritually, very rich spiritually. And Mary was the one that was called to carry the Christ child. Blessed is she among women. We don't you know, we don't pray to her. We don't. She's not a co-redeemer, but she was blessed. But I think through this, you know, I was looking through Leviticus chapter 12. I was looking at this provision. I was praying through this and I was like, okay, Lord, okay. They can only have the, they only had the two birds. They didn't have the lamb. And then I started thinking, wait a second. They did have the lamb, right? 
They had the very lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the child, the lamb child, the sacrifice. They had him there. So they didn't lack anything, guys. God provided the lamb. I love those things. Fascinating. So don't lose the picture, okay? They're Joseph and Mary, they're in Jerusalem now. It's 40 days later after the child was born. They're presenting you know, Jesus. He's the firstborn. They're presenting him to the Lord. They're offering up, you know, he is God in the flesh, but they're still, they're, they're offering, they're, they're fulfilling the law by offering him up to the Lord there in the temple. And they're, they're offering the, the two uh, birds as a sin offering. And they're, all this is going on. And, and they're, they're, again, they're in the temple and don't miss that. She's being made clean. In verse 25, it picks up, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, of Jesus. Don't you love this story? Do you get the picture? Do you understand? You know, here, this, uh, this elderly man, we, you know, tradition tells us, we, you can't put too much weight in tradition. It's not in the Bible, but tradition tells us that he was 113 years old, this man Simeon. You think you're old? This guy's old. 113. And he was told he's not going to die. And to picture that, if the tradition is right, you know, just, just follow me with this for a minute. You know, 113 years old, and he's been told he had a promise that you're going to see the, the, you're going to see the Christ child before you die. And I, I just picture this old man going into the temple and just looking all the time. Is he here yet? Did I hear from God? And then baby Jesus was brought in. And I know I think too much, but I put myself, I try to put myself in every, in their shoes sometimes. And I, I put myself in his shoes, being an older man, being filled with the Holy Spirit and just looking. And then I see this little baby that's only 40 days old. And, it's, and then the Holy Spirit says, that's the one. You probably, There's no way that can't be the one, the Messiah, the little teeny baby. Yes. And he grabs the child picture this, guys. He, he takes the child. I, I, and I can just picture him just staring at this child and just going up to the parents, just grabbing that baby. And he's taking him up in his arms and he blesses God. And he, he talks about the salvation. I've seen salvation in this child. Salvation has come to the world. And everybody around gets to hear the story. And they're all probably just saying, what is this guy flipped or what? What's going on? No. Messiah has come. And at that moment, his desire was fulfilled. And he said, I can die now. Let me go, Lord. I can die in peace. You fulfilled your promise. It's been fulfilled. As we read in Psalm 34, excuse me, 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
This was a desire that God put in his heart. This was a desire that God fulfilled. This was a God thing. This was God's plan that this man, Simeon, would see the Christ child before he died. And he did. He was just and devout. In other words, he was delighting in the Lord. He was seeking the things of God. Just means upright and righteous, virtuous. Devout means reverencing God. He was, he was a man of God. Waiting for the consolation of Israel simply means he was, he was waiting for the coming Messiah. And it was fulfilled. It's funny that most of you know I have you know restricted diet. and I'm telling you this... I need to tell you, about two weeks ago, I was like fed up. Seriously, because I, I eat the same thing all the time. And it's just like, and I, if I deviate from the diet, I get sick. So I'm like, okay. And it's like, all right, I'll eat this. And I'm like, you know, John the Baptist, think, look at his diet, okay? It was pretty bad. I'm doing much better than him. <laughs> but I got fed up and I was at Chipotle's, you know, and I was fed up. I was like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm changing it up, you know? And it was just so funny. I'm in line and the, the girl, they know what I'm going to have. I have that same thing every time. She says, you know, black beans. And she's going to put it. I said, no, pinto beans today. And I know they make it with pork, and I'm not supposed to have that. But I, I'm like, I don't care. I got to that point. I was like, I don't care. I'm like, I was like at the breaking point. I'm like praying, and it's terrible. In Chipotle's, I'm praying to God. God, I'm sorry. I don't care anymore. I got to eat this. And I go through the line, and I know the people, you know, and they're often enough. And the lady, she's looking, and she goes, well, did they get something wrong with your order? Because you know, they know I don't do that. I said, no. And she says, oh, you must know that they, today we just started making them without pork. Seriously. I go, what? She goes, you have the sign over there. And I go, where? Show me the, and I read the sign. They're making them without pork now. I was like, thank you, Lord. I tried to cheat. And I think through this. I think through these things. I think, you know, God knew that they were made without pork and he wanted to bless me. <laughs> So he put the strong desire in my heart and says, go ahead, go for it. So I got to eat them without feeling guilty. We're told in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The word deferred means prolonged, postponed, delayed. When you have a hope and it's delayed, it's, it's postponed, it, it makes the heart sick, it hurts. When you're hoping for something and you, you believed it was the Lord and it's going to come to pass and, and this is it and it doesn't come to pass, it, your heart hurts, it makes the heart sick and it's scriptural. It's just human nature, it's the way that God has built us. When, when it doesn't come to pass, it makes the heart hurt, doesn't it? I think of our three miscarriages is my wife miscarried three babies. One we found out in the fifth month and it, you know, talk about making the heart sick. It hurts. And someone gave us that verse and I was just, you know, duh, I was so out of the, what does that mean? And they're like, well, hope deferred, you know, it, it didn't come to pass and it made your heart sick. And I says, oh, I get it. Yeah, it sure did. But when the desire comes, it says it's a tree of life. 
In other words, when it comes to pass, it's a, a, a tree of life. When that, that hope that you had, it, it, it comes to pass. That desire that God put in your heart and it finally comes to pass, it's just like a tree of life. It's like, yes, Lord, thank you. I did hear from you. Thank you, Lord. It did come to pass. Or thank you, Lord. It's going to be okay. Think about in heaven when we see our children and we see our loved ones. Again, I did that graveside, you know, yesterday and it you know just brought me back to that place thinking about my family that's in heaven my dad that just went to be with the lord and and you know my loved ones my mother that i never got to know because i was you know just 5 months old i can't wait it's a tree of life. There, there's some things in life, some things that, that it, it won't be fulfilled until we go there into eternity, until we're there in heaven. But there's other things that God will bring to pass. And it's a tree of life when it takes place. Has God placed a desire on your heart? Well, he'll bring it to pass in his timing if it's of him. Nothing can stop God's plan if you submit yourself to the Lord and delight in him. Did you notice back in our story here, Simeon was a man that walked in the spirit. Did you notice that? Verse 25 talks about at the end of the verse, it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it says it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, so he came by the spirit into the temple. He, he was a man that walked according to the spirit. He was able to discern what's right and what's wrong. When he went into that temple, he knew that this was of the Lord, that this child was the Christ child because he was a man that walked according to the spirit and he was able to discern the difference of flesh and spirit. There will be things that will you know, come into your heart that will either be from the world, yourself, or from the enemy himself. He'll put things in your heart. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Our heart is, is deceitful. We, we have a deceitful heart. We, we don't know sometimes. What is, you know, is this of God? But the Lord tests the heart. The Lord knows the difference. So if you walk in the spirit, the Lord himself by his spirit is living inside of you. You'll be able to discern what's the Lord, what's the flesh, what's the world, what's from the devil. I remember as a baby Christian, you know, just learning and learning how to, to walk with the Lord and learning. And, and then I remember my sister being in my life and, she, and she'd say, you know, something happened. She said, no, that's not of God. And I said, what are you talking about? That's just God. I know this is God. And I get all upset. And she said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to lie to you. And I was like, no, no. But, you know, and then it was, it was, she was right. And I would get so, it was my pride. I'd get so upset. I'd say, well, you know, can you just be quiet? And she said, no, I love you. I don't want to see you get hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. You're learning. You're learning to hear the voice of the Lord. You're learning to walk in the spirit. And there's sometimes God will show other people and other, other things will happen. But, but I love you and you know I care about you. And I get so upset sometimes. Oh, Lord, Lord, why don't you speak directly to me, not through her? <laughs> Can you avoid that one step? And it's humbling. The Lord loves to keep us humble. He loves to do that. That we don't walk around with pride, arrogance. It was humbling. It was terrible. The Lord was just breaking me down with that. But that's why it's good to be around mature Christians that walk with the Lord because they're your safeguard. They're your safe net. They're going to help you. They're going to tell you the truth. And when the battle comes, they're going to stand by your side and they'll be there with you. 
Simeon walked in the spirit. He was able to discern the difference. Galatians 5, 16 says, I say then, Paul the apostle said, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. In other words, you'll know the difference. Walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill those desires. You'll see that's a desire of the flesh and you will not fulfill it. The last two verses, basically Simeon ministers to others. He ministers to Joseph. He ministers to Mary. He blesses them. He warns Mary that this is going to be a tough road that you're going to be on. It's going to pierce your soul. It's going to be difficult. I like that. Simeon didn't go to Mary and say, well, Mary, really, (laughs) kumbaya, everything's going to be okay. Pat you on the back. Go out there. It's going to be great. No, no, no. Simeon said, this is going to be tough. It's going to pierce your soul. This is going to be very difficult for you, Mary. That's truth. But I see that Simeon, as we look at desires and we look at the heart, Simeon was a man that put others first. Simeon, he saw Jesus. He had his eyes on Jesus. He was hearing from God. Matter of fact, Simeon means heard. He heard from God. But also he looked out for others. He warned Mary. He says, Mary, it's going to be tough. Your soul's going to pierce. And I just want to point out with that the importance as believers to pour into others and not to be consumed with our desires. Pour into others. Don't, he wasn't consumed with his desires. He, he was consumed with the Lord and he was consumed with others. And I, I think that's a healthy thing when we talk about desires. We can get, I find myself, I can get consumed with the desire. Or consumed with making it come to pass. I hear from God and say, I'm consumed with it. It's going to come to pass because I'm going to make it come to pass. And the Lord continues to tell me, no, Joe, be consumed with me and look out for others and I'll bring it to pass. Be consumed with me, look out for others and I'll bring it to pass. Be consumed with me, look out for others, pour into others. I will bring that desire to pass. You don't have to bury yourself in that. You don't have to concern yourself with that. You don't have to pour yourself into that because it'll drive you crazy. Because I'll bring it to pass. When I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa, right around 2002, maybe the beginning of 2003, I was an assistant pastor there. John Corson at that time was doing Tuesday nights. It was an awesome season. The Lord opened a door. I would, you know, was coming alongside of that Tuesday night study to, to bring in the ushers, to bring in the, you know, the different you know, people to help out for the Tuesday nights and all. And, but I had you know, my ministries going on, my so-called ministries, you know, new, new, newly married couples fellowship, other ministries going on at the time and, and uh, doing the Sunday mornings, doing you know, all kinds of stuff, five days and five nights there. And I remember John Corson came to me one day and he, and he was talking. He says, you know, he, he brought up the Joseph story in the Bible. And he says, you know, Joseph in the Bible, he had dreams as a young man, but he wasn't, basically he said he wasn't consumed with the dreams. He was consumed with others. He served others like Potiphar. He served the, you know, the keeper of the prison. He, he served the butler and the baker and, and he, he saw their dreams come to pass, the butler and the baker. Baker's dream wasn't too good, though, as you know the story. But he said, you know, basically he was saying he was consumed with, you know, having their dreams fulfilled. 
And that stuck with me. And the Lord spoke to me about that. It, you know, to you know, not be so consumed with, with my desires and my ministries and all these type of things. And it really was a turning point in, my, in the ministry that God had me to. I was cutting things aside. I said, like, you know what? You know, I'm consumed with this. You know, I'm going to let this ministry, I'm going to let these things go. And I, and I started pouring myself in you know, the best I could to, to the ministries that were at hand. Chuck Smith's ministry and John Corson's ministry and, and Brian Broder's ministry. And you know, we even set up you know, separate prayer times before they would preach. And we'd spend like an hour or hour and a half or so, you know, interceding and praying for them, just doing different things. And I just thought, Lord, you know, you know, give me my, your, your heart for this ministry. And it was a huge turning point. It was a, a freedom that, you know, was, was, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to be consumed with what you're doing here. Because I was putting so much effort in these things, these ministries, and, and it was just like I was trying to make them happen. It's like, I know the Lord wants to do this, the Lord's called me to do this, and it's just, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, going to happen. And it happened. But the Lord was saying, let go. I've called you here at the time. Pour into what I'm doing over here. Get your eyes off yourself. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. It's become the throne of mercy It's the sound of our singing praise It's the sound of our singing praise